school was painfully slow. I normally enjoyed school, but seriously, it was difficult to concentrate after being up all night scrapping with a ghost. It was a muggy day. During last period, which happened to be maths, I noticed something strange. I was sitting at the back where all the cool kids sit, of course, and I noticed there was someone new taking the class. I couldn't make him out. He was facing the other way, writing on the whiteboard. He was an old koroa. He had white hair and he was wearing a korowai. Wait, what? I looked at all the other kids in the class. No one else seemed to think this was strange. All the kids had their heads down, writing in their books. I couldn't see what was on the whiteboard, so I stood up and walked towards the front. Um, excuse me. A kid turned to me and put his finger to his lips. Shh. I kept walking towards the old man who was still facing away from me. Excuse me. The whole class turned towards me and in sync, they lifted their fingers to their lips. Shh. I stopped and looked at the whiteboard. The old man was not writing words, but these strange zigzag symbols. Excuse me. He turned around quickly. The right side of his face was mostly missing and the half that was still there was white. You could see the inside of his face. The blood and sinew and bone looked like it had been hacked at. He had teeth missing, his tongue was dripping with blood and he had a tamoko that had been etched deep into his flesh. He grabbed my shirt. Let go of me! Let go! I turned my head to the class. They were all pointing and laughing at me. Let me go! In the struggle, the old man grabbed my collar and ripped it off. I lost my balance and fell backwards. He put the collar to his face, inhaled deeply and started to shake like he was having a convulsion. I looked up at the whiteboard. Mr. Winyard had his hands on his hips and all the kids were staring at me. I must have drifted off. I looked at my shirt and saw that the collar had been ripped off. Damn, I knew what that meant. I was in trouble. I grabbed my bag and took off. I got the sense that someone was following me, but every time I turned, there was no one there. I hurried to the gate and was relieved to see that Hedina was there with our uncle. I jumped in the car. Hey, uncle. Hona, you've gotten bigger. Not to be rude, uncle. Uh, can we do the whanaungatanga thing after? Ah, a straight talker like your mother. Hona, our whanaungatanga right now is our greatest weapon. Sorry I haven't been there for you, but your mother thought that if I stayed away, you would be safe. Safe? Aye. From Half-Face? Hedna turned to look to me in horror. You've seen him. Not by choice, but yes, in class today. Hey, I thought you hadn't seen him before, like you made a big deal out of it. Well, I didn't want to freak you out. Too late! So, Uncle, who is he? I don't know his name, but he's been following our family for years. It's an old Utu that goes back before the arrival of the Pākehā. 
this entity has killed someone from every generation in our family. Your mother was the last. The last what? The last to die at his hand. What? There were so many things I wanted to say. So many things wrong with that sentence. But this is what came out. How do we kill him? No, it's too dangerous. This is how your mother died. She was attempting to do what you're suggesting. I don't care. That thing took mum and now it's following Hedana and me. What can we do? Well, there's one way to kill it, and that's when it's human again. But there's only a small window. When the nightmares become real and it starts to hurt you. That's the time that the same will apply to him? Yes. The problem is, by the time we figure out that he's vulnerable, it's too late. Vulnerable? Yes, you can tell when he's crossing over into our world because... He does this, right? I showed him my collar and Hedina showed him the marks around her ankles. Also, I think that someone was following me. Okay, the time is almost here. We have to hurry. Has he said anything yet? Spoken yet? We shook our heads. Okay, then we still have time. When he speaks, we have minutes, maybe seconds. Another thing? He was drawing these strange symbols. Zigzag symbols? Yes! I won't say his name, but they belong to the god of death who can cross between worlds. He's using the symbols to create a doorway. <sighs> Let's go. I have to make one stop. We stopped at the marae. Uncle ran in and came out with an old kete. Where are we going? And don't say it's to our place. Okay, your mother's place. He knows it. Damn it, I told you not to tell me that. We arrived back at the house and went inside. The walls and ceilings were covered with the same zigzag patterns from the school. It looked as though they'd been gouged into the walls with a knife. Okay, one last thing. He can only be killed during the twilight. Wow, we wouldn't want to make it too easy. Why twilight? That's like 30 minutes tops. It's the time that belongs to neither the living or the dead. Light and darkness, the owl, the ball. Once the last ray of sunshine is gone, it's over. I didn't want to know what over meant, but I had a fair idea. So, what weapons are we using? Tell me you picked up a shotgun or a bazooka from the marae. Better. With a flourish, Cool pulled out a finely woven whariki. He unwrapped it to reveal a mere ponamu. You're joking, right? Have you seen this guy? Yes, I have. This is an old wairua that can only be killed by an old weapon. A weapon like this mere ponamu that belonged to your great-grandfather. Uncle moved the mere around with speed. It was impressive. I began to think we might have a chance. You see this carved face at the bottom of the mere? It's called a pokawai, and it represents Hine Nui Te Po, the gatekeeper of the underworld. If we can hit him with the pokawai, it should send him back to the underworld where he belongs. Nice story, Uncle, but I still think we should get a shotgun. Okay, we have to prepare. It's almost twilight. What do we have to do? Both of you need to cross over to the other plane. 
You mean sleep? Yes, it will draw him out. Hang on, you want us to be bait? A lure. Yeah, that's called bait. A trap. Using bait. Okay, bait. But do not worry, I've got this. He tapped the mere ponamu, which he'd put down the back of his pants. Oh, great. I've got one last issue, Uncle. I'm not sleepy. Me either. Just close your eyes. Trust me. Relax. We both lay down on the bed. Hedna grabbed my hand and squeezed it tight, and we closed our eyes. Uncle started singing. It was an old oriori from our whanau. Hedena and I heard the karakia come to an end, and we opened our eyes. Hey, Hedena, I don't think it worked. I think you're right, but where's Uncle? I set a ten-minute countdown. In ten minutes, twilight will be over. Six hundred seconds. Great. So what do we do? We should probably look for Uncle. Uncle. Uncle Tsipine. Hedena, Hona, over here. Uncle was kneeling over the karaoke and the korowai, who was lying face down. Nice going, Uncle. Never doubted you for a second. He rolled the karaoke over, except it wasn't the karaoke. It was Uncle lying there in the korowai. He was wriggling around. Thank goodness he wasn't dead. We looked up to see the karaoke, and in our uncle's voice, he said, "Helena, Hona, over here." He smirked at us as he rose. His and Uncle's clothes slowly changed, and the karaoke was back in his korowai. We suddenly realised that we were dreaming or nightmaring in this case. Uncle regained consciousness long enough to say one word. Run! We took off down the hallway, snatching a quick look behind. We could see the old man in pursuit. He looked angry, and he was carrying a huge zigzag-shaped rako. We stumbled into the kitchen. Hedena, where's the mere? It must be near Uncle. What's that? It's a sixty-second countdown. What? Quickly, before the last ray of sunshine, you go grab the mere. What are you gonna do? Hedena turned towards the old man. Come on, you old coot. She started hurling cups and plates at the old man with a viciousness that I'd never seen before. The first few cups hit him in the face, which startled him. Perhaps because he wasn't used to anyone standing up to him. Oh, 
I remembered Uncle's corridor. The Karowa had started talking. Orna, 30 seconds. You have to hurry. I ran to Uncle. Uncle! Uncle threw the mere, which spun through the air in what felt like slow motion. I caught it. No, Honda! The old man had gone into a trance and was levitating maybe a foot or so off the ground. His rako was in an open thoro pai pai position out in front of him. He was convulsing and frothing at the mouth. I could hear a karakia, but it wasn't coming from him. Rays of light emanated from the zigzag symbols on the walls, cutting through the morning mist. Honna, ten seconds. I took a deep breath. Nine. This was the chance. Eight. I raised the mere to strike. Seven. I struck with the main blade of the mere. Six. But it didn't do anything. I suddenly remembered that I was meant to strike with the book away. Five. I struck with the other end, but it still didn't work. Four. <laughs> Think, Honna! Three! The laughter became thunderous and the room began to shake. Two! I looked around the room at the glowing zigzag symbols on the walls. One! The symbols! Barako! I brought the Pukawai down on the Rako. The Rako shattered. The walls exploded. A doorway of Ponamu appeared in the middle of the room. It looked like a marae, one that was intricately carved around the frame. Hundreds of shadow-like arms shot out of the doorway, grabbing the ankles of the karowa, sending him to the ground. He dug his fingers into the floor, ripping huge gouges as he was dragged towards the doorway. The old man took one final look at me before being ripped through the doorway. I couldn't resist a cheeky wave as he disappeared. I opened my eyes and saw the room was untouched. We were back. I looked down at the mere in my right hand, and in that moment, I understood. Kapai Korua. It's over. He's gone. For good? I think so. So, Uncle, will we be seeing you more often? I guarantee it. We gave Uncle a hug and promised we would catch up sooner rather than later. That must have been hard for you to mess up your cups and plates, even in a dream. Actually, yes, it was. Come on, we better go clean up. Hang on a second. I get it. Pakikehua, brought to you by Te Wananga o Aotearoa, with funding from Te Maangai Pahoe.